Welcome back to the 2R1 podcast where we study the Bible together as a married couple. I'm Taylor. <laughs> I'm Elisa. <laughs> we're glad you're back with us. Uh, last time we were together, we were on part one of the Last Days uh, podcast series. This is part two where we will be speaking with Pastor Mickey Lindsay of Jacobs Well Church in Nashville, Georgia about the One Church Project. And uh, it is a super powerful interview, the longest one we've done yet. So we broke it into two parts. Sit back, enjoy the ride, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. Welcome back. We have our guest in studio tonight, Pastor Mickey Lindsay. He's the lead pastor of Jacob's Well Church in Nashville, Georgia. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Taylor and Lisa. So I'm super excited about being with you guys. I know. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, hey. It won't be the last, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm, I'm thankful for what the Lord's doing with 201 the podcast, a unique way to get the Word of God out. And uh, I'm so excited for being able to be here. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Um, so we brought you in tonight because we're in Acts chapter 2, and we've taken a couple weeks off, but that chapter is so intimidating to me because the more I read it, the more I see how it's one of the most important chapters in the New Testament other than the, the Gospels and the story of what Jesus did on the cross because it's the birth of what we know as the church today. Exactly. And so... We don't want to miss anything, although, you know, God's always going to take us deeper. So we just, me and Elisa were talking, and we said, you know, with the vision that God has, has brought into your life, that it fits perfect in Acts mm-hmm. chapter 2. So the title of this podcast is The Last Days. That comes from Acts chapter 2. But God has really been speaking to me and Elisa about just the simplicity and the unity of the church. So we brought you in to talk about the vision that God has given you, which is the One Church Project. And it's, it's alongside other visions that God has given you. But tell us a little bit about how that came to be and, and what it is. Well, probably about, I'm going to guess, two and a half years ago, if I could put it on a calendar, uh, God really began to try to get my attention. And sometimes that's real hard to do. But God was uh, working in my spirit and revealing things to me. And uh, I, I knew the church was supposed to be more and do more. And uh, sometimes you just kind of sit down in a row and, and in a rut and uh, you just kind of go through the motions. And, and you're, you're not that you don't love the Lord, not that you're not serving the Lord, but, but there's so much more that God intended for us to do. And I think we got away from that purpose and that plan and uh, got away from being an effective church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we look more focused more inwardly than we were uh, looking outwardly mm-hmm. and trying to minister to people at the point of their need. And that's when God began to stir in my spirit about um, uh, trying to get out and trying to help people in the place that they're at. Um, and I, I, I looked through the Gospels and I watched the way Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if Jesus did it and it worked for mm-hmm. Jesus, then that must be the master plan. Right. You know, if the Father had planned for the Son to do it like this, then this must be the way that we're supposed to do it. And so um, Jesus fed the multitudes and he shared the Word of God with them. And that, that was where um, the, the concept of the vision came for the King's Table, which is a ministry out of Jacob's Well. And then there's peanut butter and 
Jesus, which is a ministry out of Jacob's well. That was the boots on the ground, getting out into the community, uh, just trying to build relationships with people because that's so important. That's what Jesus did. He built relationships with people. Uh, you don't just go share the gospel with people hoping that they get saved and without building a relationship with them and trying to help them to get better and do better in their life. Um, so that's what the vision for Jacob's Well was all about. Uh, I always told people, I know you can't see me. You can see me, but the people <laughs> that listen to this podcast can't see me. But if you could make a big circle with your arms, that's Jacob's Well. Mm. And uh, there was always ministries that would come out of Jacob's Well. Uh, the One Church Project was a, a, a concept that God gave us when he gave us the vision for the king's table and for the peanut butter and Jesus. And that was to uh, try to um, bring all these churches together. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I pastored a church for 20 years, and um, I was blessed in that place and um, with a blessed people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and God did some great things in, at Flat Creek, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, oftentimes in that journey, I realized that you do things that are I don't want to say self-centered, but church-centered and related to your church only. Mm -hmm. And it's no camaraderie or relationship or fellowship with other bodies of Christ, Mm -hmm. which there's only one body of Christ. I like what Jesus said in Matthew 16. You know, we talk about the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church, the Episcopalian church, Mm -hmm. the church of God, the church of God of prophecy. We could go on and on. (laughs) The church of Christ. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But Jesus said in Matthew 16 to Peter, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Mm. There's only one church, Amen. and that's his church. Mm-hmm. And and if you're a born-again believer then you're, and you're following Jesus Christ, then you are a part of that body. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, um, he said, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. He said, There is one body. Mm-hmm. And one spirit, mm-hmm. one Lord, one faith, one baptism, mm-hmm. one God in us all and through us all. Mm-hmm. And so um, that one body is the church. And mm-hmm. so the One Church Project was a, um, a desire to see churches in our community come together mm-hmm. to minister. Because it's not about just one body or one particular body mm-hmm. called Jacob Well. It's about all of us coming together collectively to try to do more. Because... Um, Many people may not realize, but Jacob's Well is strictly volunteer. There, there. I'm. I say that because the more people we have volunteering, the more opportunities we have to minister to people in mm-hmm. our community. The more opportunities we have to share community meals. The more opportunities we have are to get those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches into the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the One Church Project was a way to try to bring those churches together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a desire to see them come together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good friend, um, Thomas Clayton. I mm-hmm. hope I can say that name mm-hmm. on here. He's a good friend of ours, too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Clayton is a great guy. He's mm-hmm. been, um, been instrumental in helping us in, in, um, from the very beginning. And I, I sat down with Thomas one day, and I said, Thomas, I, I really have a desire. I, I told him this. I said, Thomas, I would love to just uh, get a collection of, of pastors together from this community, come together on a Sunday morning, put all the churches in the community, name in a hat, and just 
each one draw out a name. And that's where you go wow. preach today. <laughs> that's where you go preach wow, today. Don't be, tell your church. Be like <laughs> Don't tell your church that somebody else is coming. Grand you know, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, and, and Thomas loved the idea. I mean, we yeah. talked about it. But, I mean, just uh, that kind of concept of... Um, making us all one because mm-hmm. Jesus said in John's Gospel 17 mm-hmm. when he prayed right before he mm-hmm. went to the cross mm-hmm. you know we're talking about the Acts 2 mm-hmm. John 17 is before it mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 is after it mm-hmm. John 17 he said you know he was praying for his disciples and then he said you know he prayed to the Father he said you know but I pray not only for these but for all those who will believe through their word mm-hmm. he said that they may be one even as we are one that's right Mm -hmm. so um, and he he also said that's how that the world will know that we are his and that's Mm -hmm. what's going to draw them in it's Mm -hmm. not what we can do on our own it's our unity that will speak for itself i think we lose our power and our influence Mm -hmm. for christ and and to show the world jesus in us when we're divided Mm -hmm. you know when when we're not united together as the body of Christ. And when we're when we're like when we want it our name to be in the mm-hmm. in the spotlight, mm-hmm. you know. And when we want uh, you know, when we want um when we want recognition for what's being done mm-hmm. rather than all of us coming together collectively to serve in the body of Christ and love on people like Jesus mm-hmm. would. So with the one church project that vision is it the One Church Project is, is also, like you said, it's tied to the ministries with the boots on the ground. So how, how does the One Church Project tie into those ministries for as far as if people want to get involved? Okay. Um, in the month of October, we're going to do a, a soul food uh, dinner. And that and actually, we're in the process of putting that together. Mm-hmm. And so it's the 1st of October. So. Yeah. Um, but we're going to we're going to send out invitations to different churches or all the churches that we know to send out to and different businesses in our community bring them together for a meal at the king's table mm-hmm. and uh, let them see what god's doing mm-hmm. and 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 share the vision of the one church project with them because there's some other churches already in our community that are coming and helping, mm-hmm. and 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 the more churches we have, the more opportunities we have to serve and help people in our community. And there's a great need in our community. People don't realize uh, the level of poverty in our community, mm-hmm. and I, I hate to say that because I love our community, mm-hmm. but the truth and the reality is we're a very impoverished community. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Berrien County alone. 26% of the households receive um, uh, food stamps, mm. some type of assistance for food. There's an, another 11% above that that don't receive any assistance at all but live below the poverty level. Mm. So you're talking about over a third of the people in Barron County that live below the poverty level. Um, 
there's just a, a lot of need in our county. And, and unless you get outside your little bubble mm -hmm. and you really don't interact with people mm -hmm. or go in different places and see how people really live, you really don't understand that. Mm -hmm. You know, people say, how can there be hungry people in Barron County? But there are hungry people in Barron mm -hmm. County. We've been in their homes. We've taken food to their houses. I've looked in their cupboards. I've looked in the refrigerators. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And these people have small kids. And that's really what the burden began for mm -hmm. us was with these children mm -hmm. um, because as long as they're in school as long as you know it, it, they get a meal at school um, and and then on the weekends and during the holidays and summertime it's really critical for them and we don't realize how much so um, but since we've been doing the community meal on uh, third Sunday uh, of every month um, we're we're about to go to two Sundays a month, plus we also feed on Wednesday mm -hmm. at, at the King's Table. Uh, but if people want to be involved in the One Church Project, uh, uh, they can go on the website. There's opportunities for them to volunteer, mm -hmm. to be a part, or to serve, mm -hmm. or there's an opportunity for them to buy a sticker, mm -hmm. a little decal that says the One Church Project. Mm -hmm. I think it's like five dollars. Mm -hmm. But everything that everybody gives, 100% of what you give, goes into the ministry. Mm -hmm. and nobody receives a salary at Jacobs Well. Nobody's on staff. You know, we don't have paid employees. Everybody that works and serves at Jacobs Well is a volunteer, mm -hmm. and I, I think that it's critical that people understand understand that you know we're not there to try to reap from the society we're there to try to give back to mm -hmm. our community because the Lord's really blessed us and he's really brought us a long ways um, so that's one way for them to be able to do that they can go to jacobswell.life mm -hmm. and uh, on there there's a one church project they can click on that and uh, they can read about the vision and read about what God is doing um, but that's an opportunity. And for they can also hopefully volunteer in the near future. And we have some, oh, yeah. like you said. That's it. That's that's the buy decal. That's great. I want right. you to buy decal. That's yeah. $5 that we can help buy food for. Right. I think um, Jimmy figured up the other night when we feed a community meal, it's awesome. Um, but we feed a meal right at a 80 cent a plate. Wow. And I mean, it's a good meal. It's nice. Yeah, it's a really good <laughs> yeah, meal. I think last time there was beef stroganoff, and yeah. I was. Yeah. And, and we don't. It's not just serving. It's you sit down with them. Oh, That's yeah, my favorite yeah. part. We eat with them. Mm -hmm. We take turns serving, so we can fellowship. Yeah, and that's that's the. That's the big, big idea behind it all—not yeah, just not, to feed people, but mm -hmm. to build relationships with people. And you know, um, I think this coming up, Thanksgiving. This will be November. Will be the first. A year. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a year because we did the first meal on Thanksgiving last year. Mm -hmm. And we fed over 300 at that meal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm super excited about what God's going to do this Thanksgiving. Amen. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a question. This came to me earlier. And you've probably you spoke all about it and around it. But this is kind of a crazy question. I thought, well, going forward, we could ask every person we have on the podcast this. Hopefully, their answer would be relatively close. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I've witnessed it before. <laughs> you never know what's going to go out. Um, and, and this is reminiscent of a, of a sermon I've heard you preach in the past, but if Jesus 
could say a message directly to the American church, the church worldwide, but I feel like you get a little bit more, I think just our, where we live and, and in our culture, what would he say about the church? What, what would he speak to us as the church? I mean, not the culture. We know roughly God, this, the culture that was then that was outside of the faith is basically the culture we have now that's outside of the faith. I mean, sin is sin, and it always has, has been there since the fall. But what would God say to his people in America in 2019? What do you think that Jesus' message to us would be? I wish I could preach, but I can't <laughs> preach um, because I think Jesus would have a lot to say to the church of 2019. But when we're talking about being one church, that is, what would the message be to his church? Like you said, he's building his church. What would, what is, because we know what he said in Revelation, you know, one, two, and three, and the churches, but what would he say to the American church of 2019? At, you know, what do you think he would have to say for us? Um, I think Jesus would first ask, who are my witnesses? Because um, that's what the Holy Spirit came to do. And that was why he was sent. Um, when Jesus said, told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 1, you remember they said, tarry in Jerusalem and the promise of the Father be given to you. Mm-hmm. And the promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit would come. And he said, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. I think that the church today has lost its witness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're divided we, we don't even get along with people in our own church. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, you, there's people when they speak to their own people in our own church. Well, if we can't have unity in the church, right. how can we be an influence for Christ outside of the church? Mm. You know, so I think Jesus, the first thing he would say is, where are my witnesses? Mm. You know, I let you to be witnesses. Where, where's the power of God? Mm-hmm. Where, where's the display of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, how, show me, show me. I, I think, um, I think that the church is, um, you know, <laughs> Keep on going, bro. <laughs> we talked about this. I think the church has lost its power. Mm-hmm. Because the church is divided. Mm -hmm. He said, endeavor to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. You got to strive to keep unity in the unity of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Because the spirit is not the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. God's not the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. And where there is confusion and division, then the spirit withdraws himself. Mm -hmm. And you won't find him working effectively in that particular church or that particular body Mm. so i think that um i think that we in in essence quench the spirit and grieve the spirit because we can't get along with each other Mm -hmm. and i think there's too much that divide us Mm -hmm. that don't need to divide us Mm -hmm. i i I think that i believe with all my heart that the one church project goes beyond any geographical or racial boundaries 
I believe that it goes beyond denominational lines. Mm -hmm. it, it's not about any particular denomination or any one church. It's about the church, the body of mm -hmm. Christ. Um, last night, you know, we went and prayed, had a group of people praying, and um, shared the vision of Jacob's well with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I'm telling telling this is because um, in that vision we have a model on display so that people can actually see mm -hmm. what God and how God's at work. Mm -hmm. And so um, um, somebody asked me, um, they saw the they saw the event center, they saw the office, they saw the bathhouse, they saw the distribution center, they saw the boys' home and the girls' home and the batter's shelter for women, and they saw all those things on that display and on that model. And they said, where's the church? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at that person and I said, we are the church. Amen. And... Uh, because so many people have it in their mind that there has to be a building mm -hmm. for the church, for there to be a church. Mm -hmm. But we are the church. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you want to go have a worship service in the event center, that's wonderful. <laughs> but we are Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, having one right here. But this is what we do. That's mm -hmm. what we do. That's, that, who that's we one are. of my favorite things about the One Church Project is. You know, everybody has always, I feel like, has preached unity and wanted unity among the whole capital C church. But when you have a clear vision and a defined mission, then you're in agreement. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that other stuff that you're, and that's, I know I've talked about this before, is when I was able to go on a mission trip and see in Uganda all these different peoples of nationalities and languages working together is because they knew what they were there to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the vision was clear. And so that's what the One Church Project, I feel like, is all about. Absolutely. It is. It's about all of us coming together mm -hmm. as the body of Christ. And um, I had a, um, a conversation with a guy recently, and he said, um, we were talking about, he has a vision for... Um, for what he's doing and what the Lord's given him to do in uh, his area of ministry. And, um, and, and we were talking about Jacob's well. And he said he moved here from Florida. And he said, when I moved here from Florida and went to church here, he said, I went back 40 years. <laughs> he, said because, he said, because you just, in Florida, where he came from, he said church was far different than what church is here. There's, there's, uh, there's lines drawn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, um, there's lines that are drawn in our community, religious lines, racial, line, racial mm -hmm. lines. There's, um, there's um, cultural lines. Well, there's, there's economic, yeah, social there's status a, lines. Yes. Mm -hmm. All that. And um, I, I, I was taken back by what he said, but it really made me think that um, sometimes we get stuck mm -hmm. in doing things a certain way, thinking that that's the only way. Mm -hmm. And um, and God's really trying to do a, a, a new work, a new mm -hmm. thing. Another question just came to my mind, and I don't care if we go long. Um, I've been in a place before, and I know you have too, when, you're, when you are stuck, when a person is stuck, sometimes you don't know how to get out. And for somebody that maybe listens to this podcast, maybe they're there. How do you get out? 
I mean, how, how do you push past the thoughts of, well, there's, you know, who's, who's going to think this and all that? How, how do you get out? How do you get out? Um, first of all, what's keeping you there? You know, because sometimes we make our own bed, so to speak. Our own prison. And, and, and we make our own walls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we make our own ruts. And uh, so you got to ask yourself, honestly, what's keeping me here? Mm-hmm. Is it me? Is it what I think other people are going to think, other people are going to say? You know, I, I told Chris last night, I said, you know, um, I'm going to try to tie this together. But I told Chris, I said, for a long time, or I was apprehensive about telling everybody about the vision for Jacob's Well. Because I thought people were going to tell me, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, what makes you think that's going to work? You know, what may I mean, because... People would say something to your face, and they'll smile and say, yeah, that sounds good. And then then the next thing, you know, they're telling somebody else, he's lost his mind, (laughs) you know. And so um, I I was telling Chris how apprehensive I was and how for a long time it was like you're going to relate to this concept um, because you know what I'm talking about. When you crank the truck, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting on the carport and revving the engine, and you can hear how good the engine sounds, and you're just revving it up and idling it down, revving it up and idling it down. Everything sounds good. It's when you put it in drive yeah. and uh, when you start to go. And uh, for me, putting it in drive was difficult because putting it in drive was getting out of a rut mm-hmm. because I had gotten as a pastor for 20 years in the same place, which I'm not condemning those who stay in the same place for 30 years, if that's what God calls them to do. But I had gotten to a place in ministry where it was a rut. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And it's all about getting out. It's all about hearing God call. Mm-hmm. And having the faith to step up and to step out and to walk away. And that was one of the most difficult things I ever done in my life mm-hmm. was to literally walk away. I had to mm-hmm. because I knew that this was not going to happen if I stayed in that place in the rut that I was in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that um, getting in the truck, cranking it up, mashing mm-hmm. the gas and driving but now I drove slow for a while. <laughs> I drove real slow because I was just creasing along. You know, you hate those slow drivers. You get behind them and they're doing 20 miles an hour and you're just trying to get to work or late for ball practice or your yeah. kids are trying to go pick up your kids and, yeah. and you're trying to get home and get supper fixed. And you, Lordy's driving 20 miles an hour. drives you nuts. But, um, but I drove 20 miles an hour for a while. Because I was scared. I but you were moving. I, I was moving, Elisa, but I was scared. Yeah. I was really scared. And uh, because I, I didn't know what people would think. Mm. And I didn't know what people would say. And I, I was scared that people were going to look at it and say, Hey, uh, you said all this was going to take place, but where is it at? Mm. When is it going to happen? Mm. I'm thankful 
that God's Word said that the vision is for an appointed time. <laughs> <laughs> so God has an appointed time, mm-hmm. and He's lining all things up. And uh, uh, just to be able to put your foot on the gas mm-hmm. is it was super exciting for me last night mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to put my foot on the gas and be able to share with people what God has opened my heart mm-hmm. to and uh, and it, and to see the excitement in people's mm-hmm. faces was mm-hmm. really encouraging to mm-hmm. me to hear the words and to see the tears that were coming down their faces when we talked about the different ministries and to know that it touched their heart because mm-hmm. it's been sitting on my heart for a long time mm-hmm. but to know that what God shared with me that I shared with them really touched their heart and them so uh, I told Chris I, I felt like I wanted to be apprehensive, but now I'm at a point where I want everybody to know. Yeah, shout it <laughs> from the rooftops. Yeah, I want everybody to know. So, uh, but I'm thankful. I'm and, super thankful. You know, that that's your personal testimony, and that is all well and true. But as a, as a template for someone that's in a similar situation in that they're stuck, but maybe at different details... For me, and I know, I just feel like this is God's heart. You know, he says, return unto me. You know what I mean? Sometimes we look for answers in our church and we neglect our vertical relationship with God because we're looking, Maybe you know, some people live sermon to sermon. Mm-hmm. And I've been there, you know. And God puts men and women in places to speak for him on his behalf, but it, but at the end of the day, in order to hear from the Lord when you're in that rut, I just look at it like let's just let's just get back to basics. You and God get alone, time in His Word. There's absolutely no substitute. You know, sermons, um, Christian ministries are meant to be supplementary. They're not meant to be foundational. That's right. And so, when we, if you're in that rut, you're listening. Just get as close to him as you possibly can. Right. Draw nigh to him. Draw nigh to him, and he promised us that he'll mm-hmm. draw nigh to us. You know, it's a one-to-one ratio. The closer we get to him, the closer he pulls us in. And the word is the powerful tool that God uses to bring us through anything or up mm-hmm. and out of anything that we're going through in our life. It's the power of the word. Mm-hmm. And when the spirit and the word are working together in agreement, then that's an awesome mm-hmm. combination. Amen. And there's nothing that can hold you down or hold you back. I think that church for a lot of people is a rut. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mean that um, in a wrong way or in a mean way, but I think it is a rut mm-hmm. because we think that we go to church on Sunday morning. That's what we do, you know. Yeah. That that makes God happy, and and right. then you know we we do we, we not that we don't love the Lord or try to do. But many what times we do that because that's the way we've been brought up and how we're that's taught. Right. We we only know what we're taught, and that's what's so great about hearing someone like you that's been walking the Lord for so long to be able to share what you've been through and what God has shown you about us being one church. And there's so much meat here that's been covered in such a short period of time. But the lines that we draw and, and, and the way we look at the church as a, an establishment and a building instead of us being the church, there's so much wisdom here. I really hope people listen to this and unpack this, and we all can take something mm-hmm. from this. I mean, this is, this is Acts 2. You know, everything that we've talked about, this is the mm-hmm. Acts 2 vision. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's joy. That's how it ends. And everybody was... And they had uh, all things common. And all things common, and they had joy. They enjoyed each other's company. 
<laughs> I think we need to concentrate on our horizontal relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, a vertical relationship is of the utmost importance, mm-hmm. b- b- us and the Lord. Mm-hmm. But our horizontal relationships are very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think you can really be at peace with one without being at peace with the other. So, mm-hmm. um, And I think if we do that, then I think the church... The church, the capital C church, will be a lot better place. Amen. Well, thank you for coming in and speaking to us. We love you more than you know. God bless you. Thank (laughs) y'all so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, brother.